everyone, and welcome to the uh, Carry On podcast, the podcast where the pastors at Easter Lutheran Church chat together about the text for the upcoming Sunday. And this week we are talking about a sermon series called Star of Wonder, where we are looking at the Christmas stories, and now we are continuing to uh, expand on that Christmas story and look at the visit of the Magi. And I am Pastor Jen here with... Pastor Megan. And... Pastor Jay. Good to be with you. Yay! Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas as we talk about the text for New Year's Day. Yeah. That's right. And we are still in the book of Matthew. We will be in the book of Matthew for quite some time now, folks. So if you were sad that you didn't get to hear from Jesus for a few months, you will be hearing nothing but Jesus for a while now. Yes. The the Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew is the Jesus we will get to know very well mm-hmm. in the next few weeks. Uh, so last Sunday, uh, the Sunday, December 25th, we heard about Jesus' birth and Joseph's dream, according to the Gospel of Matthew. And now this next section is all about the Magi, or the wise men, it says, or women. Because it doesn't really actually know. say. Yeah. There will be some trivia. Oh, we'll yeah, get ready. Catch up on yes. Talk about the story. There were three of them, though, right? What? Wait, no. oh, Jay, oh, oh. shush. <laughs> don't, don't let the people hear the story for themselves. Okay. Don't implant your, your imposed Christmas carol ideas upon them. I think it's been implanted. Oh, it's there. <laughs> yeah, in all those carols. But mm-hmm. today we will read the text fresh. Right. Yeah. 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 It's and it, I think this is one of those uh, many hard texts to hear exactly as it is because it's really hard to hear it without hearing a certain Christmas carol or thinking about the nativity set on your on your bookshelf. You know, it's it, there are so many um, kind of static traditional versions, and that's okay. I'm not I'm not here to say they're bad. Mm-hmm. I am here to say, let's hear the text as it is. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Yes. Sounds good. This is uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. 
I was thinking as you read that, Pastor Megan, of your sermon about Esther a few mm. weeks ago, and we could do some booing and hissing here too. Oh, yeah, when that's true. King Herod is mentioned, uh, yeah, yeah. Although uh, the there are some other happier. Well, who would be the heroes in this? Maybe probably probably the Magi. I think for this for this story, and I I uh, you know for my part, we'll call them Magi. So here's where I'll soapbox a teeny bit. I uh, I don't love Greek, but sometimes Greek reveals things. Uh, for instance, right up there in verse one, where it says uh, wise men from the east. Right. So let's notice a few things. First of all, they are not themselves kings. It is not. You know, we mm-hmm. three kings, it is wise men, and there are not three of them. At no place is it mentioned how many there actually are. And it's also not clear whether they were male and or female, because uh, the Greek word is just plural masculine, which like in so many languages, even if there were one dude among a whole passel of ladies, it would still be a, a masculine noun. So the word here is is just m- magos, which is where we get magi from. Um, and magos used in other places in uh, the New Testament can mean anything from kind of like a, a, a wise person, maybe even like a scientist, um, to basically a, a magician or a trickster or a sorcerer, uh, someone who deals in the, the dark arts of some kind or another. So it's a pretty wide range. Um, and we don't necessarily know what it means for these folks. Astrologer. Right, right. Someone who reads the stars, uh, especially given the fact that the text says we observed his star at its rising. Um, So they've been watching the stars and there would be some wisdom in that. Someone who would, you know, pay attention to the stars would have a handle on things like seasons and passing of time and stuff like that. So that would, you might come across wise or even magical. Um, So we are not three kings. Uh, we are uh, an indeterminate number of magos. Which Too many syllables for the carol. Doesn't sing quite the same way. <laughs> no, no. But they're from outside of Israel, which is important to note too. I mean, it it fulfills. Matthew is interested in fulfilling the the, the ways that Jesus fulfills the prophecies of of the Hebrew scriptures, and yeah, there's scripture, uh, especially the prophet Isaiah, talking about the gifts from the east coming to Jerusalem, to coming to Israel. So here are our people outside of Israel recognizing something special happening in the birth of Jesus, a savior being born, a king being born uh, in in Judea. And so they go, and it would make sense for them to go to the great city of Jerusalem there. Uh, There's a a great sermon that I heard by someone I've quoted here before, Walter Brueggemann, who who says they were off by nine miles. Apparently, (laughs) Bethlehem is, well, it's nine miles south. Uh, Yeah, yeah, nine miles south of Jerusalem. So they go to Jerusalem. King Herod, well, I want to know about this. Uh, he kind of says, yeah, I want to pay him homage too, yeah, though. Get, if you can see me doing Ooh, air quotes, brackets, that, it ain't homage he wants to pay. Right, that would be a, a good place for some some booing. So he gathers together the chief priests and uh, and the scribes, and they essentially say, um, they those magi have the wrong prophecy. It's actually Micah we should be looking at. Then And then they quote, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, This is from the prophet Micah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. So looking at that, then they decide to go to Bethlehem instead, nine miles away. Yeah, so that big, you know, another day of walking there, give or take. Yeah, 
It's very manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's the kind of this meeting of kings, if you're willing to go with the We Three Kings version, right? Um, but it is kind of this meeting of minds that goes on to figure out what is what is this all about? What are mm-hmm. we reading in the stars and in the prophets, and how are they lining up? Yeah, there's a little bit of political intrigue mm. here. Some big things happening behind the scenes, and. Mm. Uh, Herod noticing that this little baby has been born in Bethlehem is a big deal. I mean, normally he wouldn't pay attention to any of that, but these uh, magi tip him off that something has happened that is of importance and that this baby may have some power mm. that is threatening mm. to the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, right? Um, the The story that comes after this story is, is really a... Um, is really a terrible one because because Herod realizing that a king who was prophesied has been born and has slipped through his fingers uh, just decides to cover his bases by uh, by killing all the babies by killing all the male children aged two and under yeah, is that the I is that the line right. um, and it's and it's uh, it's terrible I mean it's a terrible story in fact um, in the revised common lectionary this story of the uh, the slaughter of the innocents uh, comes up like every year because they get they get remembered as as saints and martyrs and it's um man i remember being a kid and having to hear that story in worship every year and thinking this is why are we reading this just in after church? christmas yeah right mm-hmm. but it's um but it is part of the story it's this reminder like you said pastor jen that that jesus is born into um powerful systems that will do literally anything to sustain yeah. their own power. Yeah, the worst of the worst, mm. that they will slaughter innocents in order to keep power. And it, yeah, it it's just goes to show what kind of a person Herod was and what kind of power he tried to wield, um, not power that allowed people to thrive. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the kind of power that um, people would live in fear of. Um, and so it is It is all the more remarkable, right, that this story ends with, you know, these these magi having the stream, no, don't go back to Herod. And they go, yeah, good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get out of there uh, to, to spare their own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another sign of, I mean, another example of God working through and with people outside mm. of the community of, of Israel. So here in Matthew, um, it, it may be that Matthew is writing for a Jewish audience, but remember at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. So that is the the thrust here uh, that God's saving work is for all people, that Israel is blessed to be a blessing to, to everyone. I am really interested in, in all the dreams that take yes. place here in this. We, we read last week of, of Joseph uh, uh, hearing the news from the angel about Jesus' birth in a dream, and now the Magi are told in a dream not to return to Herod. And then, uh, it's not in our passage for this Sunday, but ne- but the next verses are an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream again and said, get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt. So that's how Jesus escapes this violent act uh, from from Herod. They have escaped and have gone to, to Egypt, and it's because, again, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream. We don't talk a lot about dreams in mm. church, do we? I, not my experience, yeah. but and, and dreams play a really—I mean—they play a big part in a lot of pieces of of, uh, of the biblical story. I mean, uh, 
the uh, Joseph's whole story is centered around his ability to interpret dreams. The other uh, Joseph. The other yeah, Joseph, sorry, not, not Jesus' yeah. dad, but mm. the the, uh, the uh, quote-unquote original Joseph, uh, the one who comes in in the la- latter half of the book of Genesis. Um, uh, Jacob has a dream that kind of helps him realize that he's on holy ground and, and calls him to sort of reconcile with his brother. I mean, it's, it's something that really, God does things in dreams uh, and that's not something we think about much anymore no I think it's important to say that God maybe at least to me I don't think God speaks through every dream (laughs) so there are dreams that may be just random firings of neurons (laughs) in in the brain or the dream where all all my teeth fall out that is possibly not a vision from God that might just those anxiety dreams (laughs) I can't remember my locker combination in 7th grade Uh, I didn't study for that math test and now I'm going to fail yeah, there it is. The teeth falling out. Dreams, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a very normal one. Oh, my my panic dream <laughs> is standing up with my like I'm preaching and I cannot get my notes in order. Okay, <gasps> okay. That would do it. Oh my gosh. So yes, not every dream. Those are just those are just our brains processing yes. our days. But I'm willing to allow for the possibility that God speaks through some dreams, or that yeah, God speaks yeah. to us maybe when our conscious minds are at rest a little bit more, and mm-hmm. um, maybe. Maybe just a, a little more open to the Spirit's presence and, and messages for us. Uh, what do you think? Well, and what's interesting about these dreams is that they are followed by concrete action. Yes. Yeah. That they inspire the dreamers to make big changes. I mean, the Magi travel, we don't know how far. Yeah. Hundreds of miles, maybe? Direct disobedience of a, of a guy known to be dangerous and power hungry so yeah. yeah their their dream inspires them to take a pretty noteworthy risk yes, mm-hmm. risk and that joseph yeah decides to take mary as his wife decides yeah. I mean, it's it's really amazing how these dreams make them do things and inspire them to make changes yeah and, and maybe that's i mean that's the next step not only that god does speak to us in dreams but that we as faithful people are, are often called on to make really bold moves based only on our our trust in God's promises. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, Mary and Joseph, if I mean outside of this story, right? Post this story, um, in effect, become political refugees. You know, they've they've gone to a foreign country to avoid persecution by their government. Um, they have put their lives at risk because of a dream because mm-hmm. they because they heard what god said to them that is that is bold mm-hmm. that is um whew. yeah one thing i i've often said to people is if you do feel a, a sense of a call or mm-hmm. you know a call to action of some kind whether through a dream or just the stirring of your soul somehow i think it's good to check it out with other people we don't really yeah. hear how this goes but yeah. um i imagine the magi said well what do you think about this and yeah i feel i feel this is the right direction too it's we are going through a call process mm-hmm. here in this congregation mm-hmm. and there is that combination of in internal sense of call both on the part of call committee and candidate but then also that external sense of call too that comes through the conversation the yeah. the discernment together and a vote uh, on uh, the congregation uh, which the congregation will undergo at some point too yeah so i think yeah there's got to be some balance you know i wouldn't say um god speaks to us only in these mm-hmm 
mm-hmm. individual uh, dreams or, or those individual ways, but maybe there and in community as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. It is true that the Magi probably talk to one another oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. about whether or not they should avoid Herod and that mm-hmm. Joseph and Mary probably had some sort of conversation. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Let's or hope probably so. probably talked to their families, yeah. I would guess, mm-hmm. in this culture. Yeah. It's, it's all... I would think they didn't act alone. Yeah. And right. I like that. It doesn't idea. tell us everything in the scripture. Yeah. yeah. There is the dream, but then there's also consultation with others and getting getting feedback from your your community. Yeah. As as we sit here recording this podcast, I am facing uh, on my wall my framed letter of call from Easter Lutheran Church, which I think is, is kind of, for me, that visible reminder that it would be one thing if I showed up at this church one day and said, you know what, I really just think I should be your pastor. Right. Uh, and they didn't, you, you know, you all didn't just go, sure, good luck. You went, no, 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 let's, we want to hear something about you. We want, we want to hear from you from the synod. We want to hear from you from a call committee. We want a chance to be able to vote. Like, it wasn't just me saying, it's my my turn it was it was you and i and the synod and there was a, a whole mutual discernment process which i think is man, i don't think it's the way to go so if god is sending you dreams um i would say listen is step one pay attention to that but step two is is definitely like pastor jay is saying and bring that to someone else bring it to somebody who's trusted and saying here's what's going on here's what i'm hearing here's something that i'm wondering i know it sounds a little out there help me help me sort this out i think that's that is as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk more about these magi because my other favorite part about this story is that in verse 11, they bring the world's most useless gifts. <laughs> um, and I think this is where we get the three wise men idea because right. they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so we transpose ah, a gift per person. Uh, so one person brought gold, which, you know, fancy, expensive, hopefully helped bankroll Mary and Joseph's escape to a foreign country. Uh, we have frankincense, which from what I can understand is just um, incense made from tree sap. It's just, I think it just smells nice. Um, so that's fancy. And then uh, myrrh is actually, that's a that's a spice, right, that is actually used for uh, burial preparations. And in the book of, uh, I want to say it's in John's gospel, it's actually, yeah, it's actually named as one of the spices that's brought to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, they did not, as the joke goes, bring uh, diapers and formula and receiving blankets mm-hmm. <laughs> as a baby might actually need. Um, but they brought much more symbolic gifts. But Jesus may have been older, too. Mm. He wasn't necessarily a baby. We don't have a, a sense of how much time has passed between his birth and this visit. Um, that's another interesting piece of trivia. Yeah, The absolutely. Magi and the Shepherds did not meet at the manger, right, in other words. Right. Wait, yeah. you're telling me my, t- my nativity set is wrong? How dare you? Yes, I'm telling you it's wrong. <laughs> I have heard that some families uh, at the beginning uh, of the Christmas season when they put out their nativity sets, they, they put the Magi on the other side of the room and then slowly over time move them closer and closer to the manger, which is kind of fun if you have kids in the house to, to say, okay, now they're making their way because they have so far to travel from the east. Yep. And then finally, on January 6th, Epiphany, 12 days, then, then you can talk That's about the 12, 12 days, days of, of Christmas. Christmas. Uh, then they finally reach Jesus. Of course, he wouldn't still be at the stable in the manger at that point, but of course, it's a fun story. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and as we were talking about before we hit record on this, that there are uh, countries and cultures in which the actual gift giving holiday is epiphany because that's when the magi brought gifts to jesus and so that's when we share gifts with each other mm-hmm. um so you know it's, there's lots of ways to do it in fact if you just like sharing gifts like you know do it on christmas eve do it on christmas day do it on the 12 days of christmas do it on epiphany why not you know, just let that party keep rolling there are a lot of fun traditions yeah. associated with epiphany that you can can bring into your home um especially with with children but not necessarily with children uh one of them is chalking the door have you oh, ever yeah, done that right. yeah. uh there's you can look that up online that's uh, a tradition we've started in the last few years at at our house my my kids were just asking the other day like when do we write with chalk on the door and I, then i could explain epiphany again to them so they didn't remember what it was for but they remembered that we did it anyway. yeah mm. and sometimes that's kind of how traditions work you know you, mm-hmm. you remember the event and it allows you the opportunity to go backwards and say and why do we do this again which i think is some of the joy about a lot of the christmas celebrations that we have at this time of year it's an opportunity for us always to say not just oh we share gifts oh we light lights well why well the magi shared gifts and jesus is a gift and john tells us that jesus is the light of the world and um and it, re- it gives us the opportunity to keep telling the story and keep making sense of the story as an act of faith. Yeah, and that these were all people who saw things and recognized mm. that Jesus was present in mm. them. And that we are also called to look closely at what's happening around us, whatever yeah. that may be, and pay attention. Yeah. Well, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Epiphany. And Happy Epiphany. Happy Epiphany. 12 Days of Christmas. Yes. Uh, so we were so glad that we were able to be together today and to have you listen to our conversation. We are always so honored uh, to that you take time to spend with us during these podcasts. And uh, as always, we close our time by remembering that Easter's mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine.